So we love the country of Cambodia so, so much. Um, as you guys see, there's just such a joy in that country. Um, after everything that that country has been through, the joy of the Lord is still there and it's still prevalent and it's still thriving there every single day, which is so amazing to see. Um, you know, what our day-to-day -day looks like is we're gonna go and we're gonna sit with people and whether that's for 10 minutes or for three hours, we're gonna sit there, we're gonna minister to them, we're gonna talk to them about the Lord, the blessings that the Lord has given them, um, the joy that the Lord has shown them, the favor of the Lord, and um, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna sit there, we're gonna preach salvation, we're gonna preach identity until they understand and until they accept the Lord um, as their savior because that is what we are there to do. We are there to work ourselves out of a job there. We want the entire country of Cambodia to be reached and not only be reached, but also to be able to support themselves because they are ministers just like we are. They have the same God that we do. They have the same Holy Spirit that we do. And so that is our job is to make sure that they understand that. Yeah, we're, we're going there, we're equipping them, we're empowering them, we're giving them the, all that they have, that, all that God has given them. You know, God has given everything that we need through the scriptures, everything we need through his, through his Holy Spirit, right? We don't need anything else. If we had just the scriptures, that's all, that's all we have. So we're giving that to them as well. We're just giving them the true, raw gospel of who, of who God is. We're giving them <clears throat> their, new, their new creation, that they are a new creation, that they are a, a the, <clears throat> sorry, they have a new identity in Christ, that they are a royal priest and a holy nation. We get to sit there and be there with them as they, you know, prepare the thatch for the roof of, of their house. We get to sit there as they build bricks for uh, some of their houses, as they prepare their fields, as you saw, harvesting rice, harvesting all this stuff. Like, if they're in the middle of something, to, you know, doing day-to-day, -day, you know, tasks, we're going to join them. And we're going to get our hands dirty so we have the opportunity while we're working or afterwards to sit down and have, you know, time together to work with them or to talk with them and share the love of Jesus with them because that's who Jesus is. He's somebody who comes and meets you where you are. He's not going to say, come to me when you're clean. No, he says, you, while you're in your, in your filth, I'm going to come to you, I'm going to sit down with you, and we're going we're gonna to you know, convene together. And so we have this opportunity, we have this privilege of doing that with Cambodia. And we're able to just be there, love on them, give them all that they, uh, that they need in, in Jesus. And, you know, the ministry over there is booming like crazy. Over the la just in this last year of us being, uh, <clears throat> just in this last year of 2023, we had 11 Cambodians commit full-time to come, with, come and work with us every day of the week. We literally have them come, in, we have them come over to our house every morning. We do, a, we do two hour Bible study with each other to found, uh, give them a good foundation of you know, doctrine and you know, just who they are. We're giving that, we're impounding their identity into them so that way they can go do that with their fellow countrymen. So we do that, we literally go and give them that for two hours and then for the next five or six hours of the day, we're out evangelizing, discipling, loving on people in every which way we can. In our area, we currently work, we currently have 56 different villages that we have and we're looking to uh, reach. And of those 56, we're currently in 11 weekly. We have people going into all, a whole bunch of different villages throughout the, the whole province that's equivalent to a state in the whole province, we have about 35 villages that we reach re weekly. 
and we're looking to raise up, you know, so obviously so many more because the harvest is ripe, yet the laborers are few. And so therefore, we're going out and equipping these Cambodians to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are equipping these people to be those people who, you know, are called because we're all called. That's right. Aren't we? The last thing I read was that we are all disciples called to the nations, called to your neighbor, called to the person behind in the grocery store. Literally, it's who we are. As our identity in Christ, that's who we are. We get to be that light. We get to be that, that flame for, for people. And so we're equipping them and, you know, just empowering them to be who they are in Christ. And if the Lord calls them to be an international missionary just like we are, then we're going to equip them and empower them to go out into the, in the nations as well. So we love you guys. We thank you for all that you, you know, have us. Thank you for having us here. We love to meet you. If you want to hear the story of, like, what, of what all, it all happened, I would love to tell you. We're going to have a table in the back after service, so come visit us, say hi, give us a handshake, and yeah. yeah. Share some uh, two testimonies real quick okay. before we close out. <laughs> um, so one testimony I want to share really quickly with you guys is we've had this disciple for a really long time, even before Matt has been there for five years already. Me two and a half. So it was before Matt even got there, um, and she was this firecracker of a little old lady. <laughs> and she, um, unfortunately, this year she passed away. Um, but what the testimony is is normally when when you pass away and uh, her. Her children were Buddhist, so they wanted to have a Buddhist funeral for her. Um, and so normally when you're Buddhist, you have to give an offering to the monks so that way your soul will pass on and have rest and have peace. And normally that's somewhere from like two cows to $2,000 um, and anywhere in between. So um, what the testimony is with this family is when the monks came to ask for the offering, they said, actually, she doesn't need it. She's already passed on. Her soul's already has peace. And that's because even the Buddhist monks have to recognize the power of Jesus and who he is and what he's doing in their lives. Yeah. The other, the other one that's amazing is that they're just before we left, literally this is a week before we left, this happened. We have this, another old grandma that we were talking to. And, you know, for the weeks prior, we, she was talking to us about how she's been oppressed by demonic spirits, how she like, she hears them on a daily basis, and she's been hearing them for seven years at this, at this point. And so for weeks on end, we're over here just contending for her. We're praying for her. We're praying for her husband. We're praying for her family. We're, you know, declaring freedom over her house. We're declaring freedom over her land, over the, era, the surrounding areas. We're, you know, we're going after this and taking this place by force. And we go there after four weeks, we, you know, fasting, praying, and doing all this. Where, you know, the Lord gives me a, a, a little word. And I just told her, whenever you hear these voices, just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Khmer, you, you'd say, Akun pray Yesu. Akun pray Yesu. Whenever you hear these voices, Akun pray Yesu. And I, t I kid you not. We came back the next week. She said within one day, she just kept saying it. They left immediately and never came back. And what I love about that is that that obviously translates not just to her, but to all of us. When we have anything coming in our lives, whether it be, you know, encouragement, discouragement, or fear, we can literally just lift our hands and say, thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful and worthy of all this praise, that you are gonna get me through this, that you are gonna be my provision and my protection, and that you are gonna be all that you have, all, all, all that you are is I have that in you. So I can, sit, I can tell you, City Church, literally, whenever you're going through something this week, just raise your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, because that is literally what's gonna get you through it. The power of warfare through worship and praise is like none other. Thank you guys so much. Come on. Isn't that so inspiring? Well, I know you spoke with my husband. We have a special place in our heart for Cambodia. Our daughter spent four months there teaching English with another missionary family. We've been there a handful of times. We love the nation of Cambodia, and we are just so honored that we're partnering with you to help you guys do what God's called you to do to serve the people in the nation of Cambodia. Can you guys reach your hands forward, and let's just take a minute and pray over Kim and Matt this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We lift our hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this precious family who have said yes to you. Lord, and they know that whatever comes their way, you have gone before them and you have prepared the way. Lord, that you provide all of their needs according to the abundance of your riches and glory. Lord, we thank you that you have gone before them and prepared the hearts of the people. Lord, these 11 disciples who have said yes to serving full time, Lord, we thank you that you're equipping them, that you're giving them the, the roots and the foundation system that they need to be mighty men and mighty women of God. God. Lord, we ask your continued provision over this family and ministry. We ask that you would continue to provide all that they need, both financially, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. God, that you would be there all in all. Lord, we thank you for the harvest that's going to continue to come in Cambodia. We thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest and that you are doing a work in that city, in those cities, in those communities, in those villages that we wouldn't believe if we were told Hold them, Lord. You are going before them and preparing the way for a great harvest. Lord, let them sense a great impartation of your spirit preparing them for this next season. Let them sense a fresh wind, a fresh anointing, a fresh word for the next thing that you have for them. We agree with them together. We stand in faith together with them for all that you are doing in them and through them in the nation of Cambodia. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm looking forward to one day sending teams from here over to Cambodia and other places. Amen. All right. Um, just a couple other things before we, uh, I jump into kind of the meat of the message here. Uh, we have, so coming up at the end of March, on March 31st, is, uh, of course, is Easter uh, weekend 
celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And so we're really looking forward to coming together as a church and to celebrating that together. And of course, you know that Easter is one of those uh, weekends where uh, many people who maybe don't normally come to church or who maybe aren't walking with God, but they're open to coming to church on, on Easter. Amen? And uh, so we're going to have a great weekend celebrating Jesus. And so we wanted to give you a resource or a tool that you might be able to use to invite a, a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker, somebody to come on out. And so um, we have this card. You can see it on the, uh, the overhead or the, uh, the display here. That if you go out the doors uh, at the end of the service and then in the middle between the doors, there's like a credenza there. And so you will see these cards, um, a couple of piles of these cards on that credenza. And so we would encourage you to take a couple of those or uh, a handful of those for yourselves to invite somebody to join you on uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, as we gather together as a church to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Are you with me? There's a little spot here you could see on the card where you can write kind of a personalized note to whomever you may pass this off to. And so if it's impersonal, if it's someone that, you know, is a neighbor and you don't want to give them kind of personal information, you can just write something like, we'd love to have you join us for church on, uh, on Easter Sunday morning and, uh, or do that. Or if it's someone that you know was a friend, you could, you know, put a phone number or an email there and just say, we'd love, you know, to have you join uh, me and or my family for church on Easter Sunday. And so uh, we just wanted to put in your hand a resource, a tool that you can use to invite some friends, family, co-workers, etc. to join us here on Easter weekend. And so uh, be, make sure before you leave church this morning that you grab a couple of those and take those with you. And we're going to believe God that on Easter weekend that we're going to see a number of people who are going to come to experience the life-changing power of God for the first time in their own lives. Amen. All right. Uh, also, uh, today we're doing something after the service, and that is we have our welcome lunch after the service here uh, today. And uh, this is for anyone who, if you are new to City Church, you have... Um, whether this is your first time or you've only been coming around for a little bit here, but you want to look, know a little bit more about City Church and what it means to be a part of our church family, we would love to share lunch with you and give you a little bit more information uh, about City Church and to have some conversations about what it means to be a part of our church family. So after the service today, you can make your way to the Commons, which is kind of the far um, the far end of the building that way you can ask one of our greeters for some directions and uh, you can go there after the service we'll have lunch together and then we'll share with you a little bit about uh, City Church and give you a chance to ask any questions that you might have about what it means to be a part of our church and so if you're new here and you want to know more about us then we invite you to join us in the comments uh, after the service all right Finally, as was already on the, uh, the, the screen earlier during announcements, but just want to highlight again that our friends Jake and Ashley Tyler Smith are going to be here next uh, week, and uh, their family is coming. They are uh, our dearest friends from our previous city, Hamilton, and so their whole family is coming. Uh, they arrive, I think, this Thursday. They're going to be here for, for a week, but we're like literally putting them to work. And so uh, we're going to have Jake uh, preach on Sunday morning. He has a wonderful story about what God has done in his life and in his family. And uh, he was, you know, involved in some kind of shady 
business as a teenager and connected to some motorcycle gangs. And man, God just met him in a radical, life-changing way. And, uh, and so this is the kind of message that if you uh, want to invite somebody to, this what he's going to share is going to be so inspiring and so encouraging. And so I just want to encourage you to invite someone, right? Uh, on the Tuesday night, uh, uh, Ashley's going to be ministering to our, uh, our ministry leaders here at the church. On Wednesday night, we're going to be having a young adult uh, time here at the church, and they're going to be ministering there. They lead the young adult ministry at uh, our previous church at, at Living Hope, and uh, that's going to be happening on Wednesday. And so it's not really a vacation for them, but we're going to have fun. So I want to encourage you to uh, come on out to as many of those events as are relevant for you and uh, invite someone to join you. All right? Okay. Whew, that was a lot. So over the past couple of weeks, we have been talking about, uh, about values. Our values describe who God is calling us to be. They describe who God is calling us to be. And so let me give you a little refresher on our values here at City Church. That is, our values are that Jesus is our message, that God's presence is our passion, that community is our heart, that generosity is our joy, honor is our code, servant leadership is our privilege, and the Great Commission is our calling. These are our kind of values for us as a church, which define for us, they give us a picture of who God is calling us to be as we move forward together in this next season of all that God has for us. But you know the values that are not put into practice are not really values right? You know, if you go on to, you know, most churches' websites, you'll find a list of their values. If you go on to many businesses, you look in their, if go into their building, their facility, or go on to their website, businesses will say, this is our values. But there's a difference between what we say our values are and what we actually, how we live demonstrates what our values really are. Are you with me? I can say that I really value my health. But if I say that while I'm sitting on the couch watching my fourth hour of television while eating, you know, the bottom of the bag of the big, you know, bag of chips that I've had, then I don't really value my health as much as I may, as I may say that, right? Too close to home? Right now, God is working to renew the world according to his design and purpose. But he did not call us to watch him. He's called us to join him. And this is why talking about our habits or talking about things that we do in response to what we value, this is why this is so important. Is because God did not call us to be churchgoers. He didn't call us to be consumers of spiritual goods and services. He didn't call us to be spectators who watch while somebody else does the work of the ministry. But he has called each and every one of us to join him in what he is doing in our world. He has called us into action. John chapter 15 verse 16 says, Jesus speaking to his disciples says, you did not choose me, but I chose 
you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name the father will give you so Jesus chose you because he wants you listen he chose you I'll say it one more time he chose you because he wants you he wants you to be with him and he wants you to join him in his mission so we are called and we are chosen for a mission and it is God's will and desire that we be fruitful in that mission we are not chosen to lose church we are not the Washington generals how many get that reference? Maybe, do I need to say we are not the UNM Lobos football team? <laughs> too, too close to home? Listen, a lot of us, we live our lives in our, just in our general lives and we live out our faith as if we expect to not win, as if we expect to not be fruitful. I was telling a story uh, to somebody just a couple of days ago and uh, I was sharing with them about how uh, I had grown up and through a lot of my um, Christian life, I had this real draw within my spirit that I just had a real desire within that I wanted to see God use me to release healing into people's lives. You know, the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is on us and that the Spirit of God is healing the sick through us. And so I was like, I want to see some of that, right? And so uh, I remember one time uh, at our previous church, I, I was praying for uh, one of the, the, the ladies who worked at our church, and she was experiencing just kind of some debilitating back pain. And so I was just praying for her that God would heal her. And so we have that prayer time, and then, you know, we go our separate ways. And like a handful of days later, I saw her at the office because uh, we, we worked together uh, at the church, and she came over to me, and she said, uh, she said to me, Jeff, like, you wouldn't believe it. Like, you prayed for me on Sunday that God would release healing into my back and I felt a warmth in my back and I kid you not, God touched me and healed me and I've had no pain from the time that you laid your hands on me and prayed for me. I was shocked. Why was I so surprised? Because I wasn't living with an expectation or an anticipation that I would actually be fruitful in what I was doing for God. Maybe you can relate to that. But God has not called us to be unfruitful. He's called us to be fruitful. And he's called us to not just be fruitful in like a, uh, well, he says this, may your fruit remain. May it last. And so we are called to be fruitful. We are called to be successful in whatever we do as is led by God's spirit. Are you with me? So when we start talking about this idea that, you know, there's, there are actions that we need to take. There is some sort of active response that falls on us as we get this revelation of who God is calling us to be and what God is calling us to do. I want you to hear me here that this isn't about some sort of legalistic checklist 
of here's kind of the rules that I have to follow in order for God to be pleased with me or for God to like me or for God to approve of me or even for God to use me necessarily. This is not supposed to be some legalistic burden that we allow onto our lives. But here's what it is. You know, the scripture says that we are to live a life which is worthy of the calling. There is a life that is connected to the calling. So if you were to speak to somebody as an example who is like a professional athlete or they're at an an elite level of whatever they do in their sport, what you will discover is that their whole life is centered around what they are doing in their sport. They're not just living, honestly, they're not just like living like me and then showing up to the game on whatever night it is, you know, a half an hour before the game, get dressed, go on the court or go on the field, and they perform at like a, an elite level. No, no. It, their, their diet revolves around their sport. Their physical activity revolves around their sport. Their use of their time revolves around their sport. So much of their lives is controlled and disciplined by the sport that they are involved in. It's to say, no, no, I eat a certain way and I train a certain way and I talk a certain way and I think a certain way and I live my life a certain way. I go to bed at a certain time. I get up the next morning at that time Why? Because all of that positions me to be at the very top of my game for this discipline that I have. Well, is it to say that we all need to have that diet? Or we all need to have that sleep rhythm? Or we all need to have that same exercise regime, as it it were? Well, no. But if you want to be a professional athlete, just living your life as is is not going to cut it. And so, for us, this isn't about the legalistic list of here's what we need to do or don't do. It is about saying, what is the kind of life that we are called to live that is worthy of the calling that God has placed upon us and upon our church? Are you with me? Listen to these words from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 to 27. He says, Do you not know that in a race, all of the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Or to use Jesus' words, fruit that remains. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, and I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body, and I make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So here's Paul saying, again, this isn't about some sort of legalistic checklist, but this is what Paul is saying, is consider what you are called to. Consider what God is calling you to. As, listen, he's not just here speaking to individual Christians at the city church of Corinth. He's talking to the whole church community gathered in, in the city of Corinth and saying, consider what you are called to. And then exercise 
some discipline and some self-control. Do the things that will position you for faithfulness and fruitfulness in the call of God that is on your life and that is on your church. Run your race so that you win the prize. Are you with me? So, with that in mind, I want to share with you five city church habits that I believe will help position us for what God is calling us to be and to do. I think we have a slide that will show what those five habits are. Okay, we're going to skip one. All right. So, we have five habits that we're going to share with you. None of these are going to be rocket science to you or earth shattering, uh, but it's little things that if as a church family we will commit to these five things, attend church weekly, spend time with God daily, join a small group, give faithfully and generously, serve our church and community, that if as a church we embrace these habits, I'm telling you, we will position ourselves to step into who God is calling us to be and what God is calling us to do in our city. Are you with me? So let's dig into these a little bit, and uh, we'll just kind of share a couple of thoughts on it, and then as we, as we close here today. So the first is attend church weekly. So Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, the author of Hebrews says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so it's, uh, it's so important that, you know, there's all kinds of different opportunities and all kinds of things that come up in life that will, uh, you know, take us, distract us, and can um, get in the way of our being consistent in, uh, in gathering together as a church family so that we can worship the Lord together and so that we can enjoy community together. Are you with me? Right? Um, so, uh, uh, let me connect this a little bit to what we've already talked about in terms of our mission and values. You know, this connects to our value that God's presence is our passion. Because when we gather together and we worship together, there is an experience in the presence of God. How many of you today, as we sang and as we worshiped and as we praised God together, could sense God's presence here in our midst? There's something about the church gathering together and in a spirit of unity lifting up praise and worship to God that brings God's presence into our atmosphere, into our lives. And so that, that's why one of the reasons why we gather together. Also, one of our values is that community is our heart. And so we gather together not only because we love God, but we gather together because we love one another. Because we're committed to one another. Because as I enjoy a coffee in the lobby and as I walk around in the auditorium here, uh, I have the opportunity to, you know, we're hugging on one another, shaking hands and like, how are things going? You know, and, and, and we can chat about what's going on in life and we can encourage one another and lift up one another and build up one another and support and stand with one another. And so we gather for worship and community. Remember we talked about our mission is to gather, to grow, and to go. And so this practice, this habit of attending church weekly, it connects with this missional aspect of that we gather for worship and community. Second habit is to spend time with God daily. So we attend church weekly, we spend time with God daily. Mark 1.35 
says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, as Jesus is introducing his teaching on prayer, he starts off by simply saying this, and when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Spend time with God daily. Listen, there is nothing that has had a bigger impact in my own faith than when I am in the rhythm and the habit of spending time with God every day. Right? And so for me, I find that uh, ideally I want to spend some time with God uh, before I begin my day because I find for me that it puts my heart and my mind like in the right posture right? For whatever it is that I'm going to face today, it like, it, I feel like I'm in the right frame of mind and my heart is in the right posture as I go about my day. I find that I'm more sensitive to however the Lord might want to speak to me throughout my day or however his spirit may want to lead me because I've taken time at the start of my day to spend time in God's presence, in reading the scripture and in prayer. And I'm telling you, church, that if we as a church body could be a people where daily we are spending time in God's presence. Listen, it doesn't have to be like an hour. It doesn't even have to be a half an hour, right? Just it could be like 10 minutes of reading a chapter of your Bible, spending a few minutes to worship God, to thank him for his goodness in your life, and to pray for whatever might be on your heart and on your mind in that given day. It's, uh, my, my preference is, if you are not in the habit of spending time with God daily, then it's less important to me what that looks like than it is, just do it. Just spend some time with him. Just talk to him. Just open your heart to him at the beginning of your day and see what God would do. So spend time with God daily. Thirdly, is join a small group. Join a small group. Our small groups exist for friendship, discipleship, and outreach. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says of the very early church, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And so you've heard me talk about this before as we've chatted about small groups, that uh, our, uh, our sense of mission as a church is to make disciples. And honestly, as much as I strive to share with you something week in and week out that is both spirit-led and is rooted in scripture and has some real meat and depth to it, the reality is this, is that, the, is that discipleship doesn't happen here. Here is really important. But discipleship happens when you're sitting around a table or you're sitting in a circle and you're looking at somebody else in the eye and you are digging into the scripture together and you're talking about what this looks like to walk in obedience to the scriptures and lead the leading of the Holy Spirit and you're praying for one another and you're supporting one another and you're encouraging one another and you're sharing the journey together of, of following Jesus. That's where that happens. You know what we see all through the Gospels is that Jesus went around everywhere and he preached to crowds. Crowds of his followers. There'd be crowds of people who would gather to hear Jesus and they gathered because they considered themselves to be followers of Jesus. Or to say it this way, 
that it was like this was Jesus' church, right? And yet, out of that community of people that were following Jesus, there was a smaller group of them that Jesus would meet with in that small group of those 12. There was actually more than just 12. We read a lot about the apostles. But there were these smaller groups that Jesus would meet with because it's in the context of those smaller groups that you can both dig deeper and you can really get real. Are you with me? And so we do small groups for that reason, for friendship, discipleship, and outreach. It connects to our mission and our values because community is our heart. Uh, Also because the Great Commission is our calling. We believe that we are called to be a church that makes and sends disciples. That makes and sends disciples. I was saying to some of our leaders just this past week that if you want to know what I obsess over uh, in my own daily life as I think about our church, it's how do we make more room to lead people into an encounter with God's presence and how do we better make and send disciples? So if you want to know, what's Jeff thinking about? It's probably that. Seriously. So a community is our heart. The Great Commission is our calling. To connect it to gather, grow, go, it is to say that we grow as followers of Jesus. And that happens in small groups. And we go to share and show the good news. And that happens through small groups. So join a small group. The fourth habit is give faithfully and generously. Give faithfully and generously. Psalms chapter 37, verses 25 to 26. David writes, I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They, speaking of the righteous, are always generous and they lend freely and their children will be a blessing. Now, often, you know, we don't like talking about money in church and you don't like it and I don't like it either. But honestly, you know, the Bible talks about the subject of money more than pretty much any other subject that it, that it touches on. Why? Because money, it kind of gets near and dear to our own hearts and our own things. And, uh, and so I'll simply say this, that when we do talk about giving and giving generously and giving faithfully, this is not about like a sales pitch to say we need people to, you know, to give. It is to say that a part of my discipleship to Jesus, it is I learn to live a generous life as is what Jesus is like, right? That Jesus lived a generous life. That God is a generous God. And it is a part of my discipleship that I learned to, A, be free from the love of money, and that I learned to be generous like he is. And so one of our habits that we want to encourage everyone in is to simply give faithfully and generously because it is a part of our discipleship to Jesus. To connect that to our mission and our values, I would simply say, A, that as we've established with our values, that generosity is our joy. That it is a joy, it is a privilege. So that when we can give, because we get to see how God can take the natural thing and he can make it Uh, it's an investment in eternal things. Are you with me? It's like a a natural seed that we sow that produces everlasting fruit, right? And so it's a joy to give. Uh, Generosity is one of the ways that we express worship to God, right? Is through our generosity. And finally, generosity is missional. It is one of the ways in which we show the world about the good news of Jesus is through our generosity. And so the fourth habit is give faithfully and generously. Finally, the fifth habit is serve. 
serve our church and our community. Serve our church and our community. Matthew 20, verses, verse 28, Jesus said, The Son of Man did not come to be, to be served, but to serve. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. So one of our values here at City Church is that servant leadership is our passion, that we're passionate about serving. And when we serve, we grow as followers of Jesus. So again, I want you to hear this, that when we talk about opportunities to serve in our church and teams where you can join and where you can get involved in a ministry, uh, in a ministry within our church, this is not about, well, we need people to help us make sure that there's coffee to serve or that there's people to hold doors and shake hands or give out gifts guest bags or minister to our kids. It's not about, well, we need people to do jobs and to take on tasks, but it is a part of my discipleship to Jesus to be a servant, to, to, um, to allow God to work through me to contribute to the life and the mission of my church family and of my community. Listen, When you have, for those of you that have children, when your children are babies, what do they contribute to your family? Very little, right? Very little. Most of the, most of the contribution flows like in one direction, right? It's you're the parent and you're feeding them and you're cleaning up after them and you're watching them and you're holding their hand and you're literally carrying them and like you're doing all the work, right? And they're doing very little. But what happens as your kids grow and as they mature, then little by little and piece by piece, you begin to place them in, a, you begin to set before them some tasks and some assignments and some ways in which they begin to contribute to the life of the family. Because we know this, that it is a sign of immaturity to only receive but to never give. But it's a sign of maturity when we step into a place where we say, I don't want to just receive from what is happening in this family, but I want to contribute to the life and the mission of this spiritual family. And so this isn't about, well, we need people. It's about our discipleship to Jesus, becoming like him in recognizing that if Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve, then what's my excuse, right? So that being said, I want to present you with an opportunity, right? So uh, one of the blessings of this building is that we're on Louisiana Boulevard here. It's one of the busiest streets in Albuquerque. There's like literally, I think, like a few thousand cars that drive by here every single day. And it's such a, a, a blessing that we're here in this location. I love that we're on a busy street. I love that we're in a neighborhood. It, it really is a wonderful, uh, a wonderful place. And, uh, but here's something that I fear a little bit. And that is simply this. I fear that we're squandering the opportunity of being here a bit because quite frankly, the property doesn't look very great. Our curb appeal out front isn't awesome. 
and to be honest, we don't right now have room in our budget to hire a landscaping company to come out every couple of weeks and to do all the landscaping and plant things and all of that kind of stuff. And so, you know what that is? It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for a couple of people who would be willing to give, not a lot of time. I think that if we had a handful of people, four or five people, who could give a couple of hours a month, right, to come out to the church here, and we could, if we had, you know, two or three people that came out every two weeks, and so if we had five or six people that we could divide over a month and every couple of weeks that would come up and just make sure that our property is clean, that it's looking its best for what it is. Listen, one day, I would love to have a property out front that looked like a golf course like the church across the street. But that's okay. I'm only concerned about what can we do today with what God has given us today right? And what we can do today with what God has given us today is to do our very best to steward what we have well. And so if we had a handful of people who would come out maybe every couple of weeks, and so if it was like a once a month commitment to say, I'll come out, I'll make sure that things are as clean as we can make them, weeds are pulled, things are, you know, the sand in the center area is kind of raked nicely, and the chips in the front are, you know, just those types of things, that it would just allow us to have a really, uh, a, 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 the kind of curb look that at least looks like somebody lives there and they're taking care of things we're actually in the process of getting a new sign uh, for out front we're kind of halfway through that process but we're getting a new sign that will get put in to the front area as well which will help as well but that's just an opportunity off the top of my head that's something that I've thought about and chatted with a handful of people about. And so if you're here and you would say, that's something that I would like to get involved with, you can email our office at office at city, sorry, office at ccabq.com and, uh, and just let them know that you're interested and then we'll have somebody get in touch with you to have a conversation about how we can move forward with that. But that's just one opportunity where you can serve our church and our community. Listen, if as we've been talking about what we believe is the call of God on our church in this next season, if through all of these weeks, this is week seven of us talking about this, if as we've been going through all of this, you're feeling excited or you're feeling inspired or you're feeling enthused, understand we are all being called into action. This is our moment to say yes to God. And this is how we say yes. Yes isn't just words that we utter, right? But yes is I choose to now take the steps to say, I'm going to be faithful in coming to church. I'm going to, I'm going to start to develop the lifestyle and the habit of spending time in God's presence every day. I'm going to join a small group. I'm going to give faithfully. I'm going to give generously. And I'm going to find a spot where I can serve within the church or, and or within the community. This is our moment to say yes. And there's more to it. These are just five really not big things, but five ways to answer the question. This is how we say yes to God in this moment. Are you with me? Church, would you stand with me today? So 
We've been going through seven weeks of talking about uh, our, our sense of vision, mission, and values. We're going to take a break now for probably about, I think, another like seven-ish weeks uh, here as we uh, have guest ministry next week and then as we work towards uh, Easter. And then towards the end of April, we're going to come back and we're going to take a number more weeks and dig a little deeper into our sense of mission and what it looks like for us to be a church that is on mission. Are you with me? But listen, I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful over these weeks. So many of you have expressed your excitement and your anticipation for what God has in store for City Church. And that just so warms my heart when I hear people share that because honestly, this is not about me. This is about what God is wanting to do through each and every one of you, through all of us so that we can be a light that shines in the darkness of Albuquerque, pointing others in the direction of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So can we do this? Can we take a moment and just lift our hands to the Lord? And I'd love for you to lift your own voice and just you say yes to God in this moment. Just say, Lord, I say yes to you. Lord, I say yes to who you are calling us to be. I say yes to what you are calling us to do in this next season for City Church. Lord, we say yes to you. We say yes to your leading. We say yes to your vision. We say yes to your mission. We say yes to making ourselves available to you. That you may use us for your glory, for your honor. That we may be that light that shines in the darkness. That voice for your gospel that points others towards Jesus. Come on, just tell him today that you're, you're saying yes to him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you so much for this church family. I thank you for what you are doing here at City Church, even now, how you are moving in our midst, how you're moving in our lives, how you're moving in our church. We thank you, Lord, that you are moving in the city of Albuquerque uh, because you love people, because you are active in our world to seek and to save those who are lost, and that you are calling us to join you in your mission. And so, Father, I pray today that you would hear not only the words that come from our lips, but that you would hear the cry from our heart today that says, yes. It says, yes, Lord. Here we are. Would you send us? Would you have your way in our lives, in our church? Would you be at work in us and through us for your glory and for your honor and that you would make us to be a light and to be a blessing to our community, to our city, and to our world? I ask Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our hearts, each and every one of us, that you would show us where we can take some practical steps in embracing some or all of these habits, because you are calling each and every one of us to be a part of what you are doing in and through City Church. And all of it is an expression of worship and an expression of faith, that we trust you and we believe that you are at work in us and through us. And our commitment is we want to live our lives worthy of the calling that you have placed upon City Church. And we give you the praise and the glory for it.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, listen, we have a prayer team. If you're here today and there's something that's on your heart, um, where we can pray with you and for you, that we would love to minister to you. Uh, but beyond that, uh, church, we love you. If you're new, you want to join us for our welcome lunch, you can find us in the comments. But as you are uh, finishing up here today, why don't you turn around, find a face that you don't recognize, say hello to somebody, meet somebody, make sure you say hello to Matt and Kim out by the Cow Coffee Bar. Church, we love you. Have a great day. Like the dawning of a